Welcome to Sensemaking. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm an integrated life coach, the creator of The Sovereign, and a seasoned wellness practitioner. I believe in investigating the truth. I mean the whole truth. And I bring on sensemakers of all kinds who are brave enough to poke holes in commonly accepted narratives, regardless of the consequences. This world is wild, my friends, and with censorship, cancel culture, and pretend uniformity of opinion, we need more sensemakers who are willing to authentically be who they are and bring their real-life experiences, evidence, and stories to the table. Sensemaking will challenge how you feel about a variety of topics from health, politics, spirituality, culture, and more. The world is increasingly divided, polarized, and tribal. I want to free you from thinking that you need to go along with the narratives. But mostly, I want you to find yourself in many of the thoughts, opinions, and ideas that these sense makers are offering, maybe sparking the idea that, hey, you're not so alone in your thinking after all. Ready to get curious with me? Let's begin. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. Today, I wanted to bring on my friend, Crystal. Crystal and I have been friends for the last few years. We met in a few different online communities and instantly connected. She is a fierce lion. She has a background in healthcare. And we get into not only her own personal story of navigating the healthcare system over the last few years, but how we can separate ourselves from these systems as much as possible. There are a variety of ways that we can prepare. And your body, my friends, is ground zero. If you are not taking care of your body, you are not taking care of your mind So I was incredibly interested to bring Crystal on to talk about all things home health care. It's something that I didn't even realize I was missing. You know, I've been focused on creating more income in my business, learning about um, some homeopathy, building up food security, but I never thought, what would I do in an emergency? What would happen if I wasn't allowed in a hospital, which these days is not a crazy idea. I think you're going to find Crystal's story relatable, inspiring, and the information that she's going to provide you is going to help you feel unstoppable. Before we get into the show, I have to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by The Sovereign. The Sovereign is my wellness membership that gives you everything you need for a world gone wild. I mean, talk about preparedness. Every week, I offer you coaching for your mindset and your business. We have an online wellness studio to keep your body exceptionally healthy, strong, practices for your mental health so that you feel rooted no matter what is happening in the world around you. And our community of lions, next level. If you feel isolated right now, if you feel like you need a community that is going to lift you up and move you forward and keep you out of the doom and gloom, that is the sovereign. You can find it in the show notes here. Also, at the date that this podcast releases, um, we talk just briefly at the end of the show about the Setup for Sovereignty bundle. I am lucky enough to be connected to the strongest women in the world. And the Setup for Sovereignty bundle was birthed from the Setup for Sovereignty event in Alberta this year, where we had sovereign individuals of all kinds gather to provide educational content for people that want to live more sovereign and free. We had homesteaders, preparedness experts, financial experts, coaches, uh, people teaching how to can, uh, forage, homeopathy, everything under the sun. Well, they all grouped together and they compiled all of these amazing memberships, courses, downloads, masterclasses, $1,300 worth of content, and they're offering it all to you at 92% off. So that's only 97 bucks. So If you are stuck in worry right now, 
If you are feeling anxious about the times, the solution to that, my friends, is to get into action. Start empowering yourself at home. Thus, this is what I am all about. How do you live free, right? How do you free yourselves from worry? How do you become so healthy that you never need a hospital again? How do you make more money? How do you prepare your homes? There's so many different levels to preparedness. Guys, preparedness doesn't make you scared. It makes you stronger. It makes you rooted. It makes you feel peaceful. This is what we need right now. So this is only available for 10 days. If you're listening to this podcast later, I'm afraid this bundle will be gone. But if you're catching this uh, at the release date, you got 10 days to grab this. So check out the show notes, click the link, make sure you grab it. And uh, with that, let's get into the show and see what Crystal has to say about home health preparedness. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Carla Joy Treadway and I have with me today, Crystal Kara. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Hi, sweetheart. We missed you this weekend. <laughs> I know. I missed you guys too. I had major FOMO here. It's literally um, why I, I went because last time Kit Carson ran an event, I saw you guys together and I had such bad FOMO. I said, never again will I not gather with my people when they all get together and do fun things. <laughs> I know. And I, well, it was one of those weekends where it was like literally no support here. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not bringing my kids to Toronto. So it's, it's a no, it's just, it was a no go for me, but next time I, I'm going, I'm going wherever we have to go. I think we'll be meeting in Calgary the next time. Are you going back to Calgary? I probably should. <laughs> yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I mean, it's, it building community is just so important. And I'm, I'm so glad that I became a loud mouth the last three years. Cause I never would have found you guys and exactly. getting to work with everybody and collaborate with everybody and have discussions like this. Um, I just feel incredibly supported. Um, and I get to cheer on all my friends that are doing really, really well. We've been through a horrific, period of time and to see people like you and Sarah and kid and everybody's moving forward and thriving and building businesses. And there was a real theme of that this weekend, um, evolving, everybody's evolving, everyone's growing, everyone's moving on, everyone's happy. It was, it was really, really good. So yes, I will be in Calgary with you. <laughs> And to be said, there's so many people that are not moving on and not evolving and feeling very stuck. So <clears throat> that's why us as a team, as a network, as a collective coming together is so important. Yeah, 100%. We're striving for. So Crystal, for people that uh, don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you're currently creating? Well, I am Carla's health and fitness coach, <laughs> and we have a major girl crush going on between each other. <laughs> um, and I uh, am a former healthcare professional of 14 years. I am a mom of two. I got out of the system in 2017 and really wanted to focus on my health and like wellness coaching. I got pulled back into the system by choice to do my part, to be um, a helping hand in a crisis. And thank God I did because I laugh about it to this day that um, I don't know where I would be. I'd still be sleepy as fuck mm -hmm. and not knowing what's going on. And well, I don't know if I would have discovered that side of me. So I've discovered this whole new side of awakened person. And um, yeah, it's really just my goal. Like I know what it's like to be silenced. I know what it's like to be in fear. And I know what it's like to question your integrity and your ethics of what you're doing. And uh, so that's kind of what's led me here. And now I'm building a community of powerful, people, families, mothers looking for alternative solutions and approaches, trying to step away from the allopathic medical care system 
that is really just putting band-aids on your health and really not getting to the root cause of your issues. Uh, ever since I graduated and stepped foot into a hospital, I was like, this is ass backwards. There's something wrong. And so you saw that early. You saw that way before the last three years that this, the system isn't really working. 2000, 2009, 2010. I was like, this is to be surrounded by people who are taking care of your health that don't understand functional medicine, that the body is a whole network that works together, that you don't need to see a specialist for all of it. If you had depression and eczema and you had gut issues, and if you had migraines, you'd be seeing all of these different people. But functionally, they all work in combination together. So when I'm looking at people who are taking care of our health that don't understand that our lifestyle and what we eat and our stress factors and our emotions affect that. I realized then, I mean, I realized then that this is really, this is backwards. And if your practitioner is going to tell you that it's all in your head and know that, that your what you're eating doesn't affect your lifestyle and pharmaceuticals and pharmaceuticals, they, they're really not after your health. They're really not looking out for you. They're looking at out for their bottom end. Yeah. Bottom line. I can think of maybe one example where I had a problem and then I got medicine. I think it was a UTI and the medicine helped and I moved on and everything was fine. I can think of one instance where that was easy. And then um, many, many, many instances where I went in and I was sick and the medicine made it worse, or I'd get a drug with another drug to deal with the side effects of that drug. And I just kept on getting sicker and sicker and sicker or uh, some sort of blanket diagnosis, which means, um, we don't know what's wrong with you. So we'll just give you IBS. I had that one. I was in severe gastric distress, uh, distress for years. They thought I had stomach cancer, was given all these pills. Eventually they just said, uh, you have IBS goodbye, like wipe their hands clean. And I was suffering in so much pain. I went to a naturopath change my diet 10 days later, all yeah. better, all better. I had a similar experience before, before getting into healthcare uh, with a naturopath that was like, really just assessed how I was starting my day, what I was putting in my body, like a food journal. If you, if you really start there, that is the root cause of most autoimmune most inflammatory diseases it's it's how we're living our lives mm. we need to get back to the roots back to the roots you know i was having a conversation with my husband this morning about uh hey dan hey dan, hey which dan. people were introducing me as hey dan this weekend hey honey i didn't heard you say that <laughs> We, we were talking about the normal childhood vaccines this morning, and I was saying, I don't know what I think about them anymore. And I think the worst thing that's happened to us the last three years is I don't trust the hospital or doctors at all. I do not trust public health. Like I'm, I don't want them anywhere near my children. And that's really unfortunate because there are amazing people in public health, in the healthcare system, there's amazing surgeons and doctors, and there are medicines that people absolutely need. But because the last three years, I got a really good glimpse into corruption, and the strength of big pharma. Um, I watched many doctors push things on people without actually knowing why, just because this is what we do. And they didn't do their research. Some did, a lot didn't, and just the things that you do. Um, now seeing all this truth, like pour out and nobody's admitting it. Nobody's admitting it still. I am incredibly distrustful of this system and that's terrible. I don't wanna have to feel scared if I end up in a hospital or my kids end up in a hospital, but I totally am. And I, I heard today that 
from from doctors that do still like give vaccines they were saying well the only thing the last three years did was actually create people that are anti-vaxxers because nobody trusts the doctors anymore it's deteriorated the patient to doctor relationship and i can tell you from creating what i'm doing now the hundreds of messages from parents from mothers saying how hesitant they were to seek medical advice acute in acute situations where there's like broke maybe broken bones like the hesitancy around being entangled in the medical care system in canada is a real fear Mm -hmm. for a lot of people well, you were recently helping uh, a mother out in BC. Can you can you talk about that a little bit about about Willow? Yeah, the universe had poured, pulled me and several other women together in a group chat on Instagram, and uh, we just like thank God for community and thank God for Instagram, like the way that we can really band together. So in the middle of the night in British Columbia, everyone's phone started popping off at a, we got an emergency alert and whether your phone is off or on, you get that emergency alert. So I think it was around 1130 in the evening. And when you read the emergency alert, it says, it says the name and it says a mother of the child. My immediate intuition was like, this is wrong. You do not see or hear of an Amber Alert with a mother. In most situations, you just kind of have to question, is the safety of a child at risk with their own mother? And if so, I'm not saying that isn't true. If so, that is that can, that can be very dangerous. But in this situation, I knew in my gut that something else was wrong. And so did the rest of the province. Immediately, hundreds of messages were coming through on DMs to me, to Sunit Speaks, to Sarah Swain, to Kate Davies, to uh, Alicia Johnson. Like, And we all just said, what can we do to help this mother? We knew that she was detained. We had figured out through followers that heard through their own communities and they were messaging us where she was detained. Hmm. That was not on mainstream media. She was being charged with asking for informed consent and, and, and they wanted to plaster her with neglect of a child because she said, I don't agree. You know, there was a whole situation around, does the child have meningitis? Does he not have meningitis? Turns out he didn't have meningitis. She was trying to work with them. She did everything in her power and she ran, she fled. She got so scared. She, that was all she knew was to protect her child. And if I was in that situation, I would probably do the same thing. Well, they wanted to give the baby a, a spinal procedure of some sort, and and she didn't say no. She said he seems a hundred percent. Can we wait? And they were going to force this pretty extreme. I mean, I'm not in healthcare, but it, it sounds like a, a pretty invasive procedure. So she did. They basically pushed her into a corner and said, if you don't, if you do not comply to the spinal tap. That is the only way we can decide if he has bacterial meningitis. My child at five and a half weeks had bacterial meningitis. So I knew exactly what this mother was going through. And my child was deteriorating fast. So when she was saying, he's eating, he's laughing, we always go by behavior. So for these medical professionals to not take that unique situation into an account and just say, this is our protocol. We need to find out if he has meningitis and just kept pushing it on her. She agreed to the spinal tap. She signed the, the, she didn't sign the consent because she said, I don't agree with the safety risks. I don't believe that the risk outweighs the benefit. Then they wanted to, because his IV, because he's very young, his IV kept slipping out. They wanted to insert the IV into his groin area And it's long and she was asking for more questions and she felt 
so worried for him that she was like, I absolutely cannot let you insert an IV into my child's groin. Mm-hmm. So we're leaving. And she left. You need to be put under too for a spinal tap, don't you? Uh, they don't put you under. They, they don't have to put you under. I think in another situation, if you're referring to Isabella's situation, I, I believe they, they asked, they had made her, they put mm-hmm. her under, but for him, he was not put under. But at the end of the day, it's, that's an extreme procedure. Um, and every intervention comes with risks. Yep. And they had already done like a round of antibiotics. So it's not like this mother was like, no, no, nothing, no medicine. Don't touch. She sounded pretty reasonable and she just wanted to wait. We just wait and see how he does before we get this. What would be a hospital's reason? I know it's just, you're throwing a guess out there. You're not in their heads, but why would they try and make these things happen as quick as possible? Well, it's called cover your own ass. And that's why there's protocols in place. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have a great doctor who's going to look at your unique situation and give you that support. Um, sometimes in the case of this specific situation, from the information that we gathered and like followers, friends online had gathered about this doctor, they had pulled up on his profile on WebMD. And he was known to be this doctor who was very, very aggressive with his suggestions. And it was like his suggestions were the answer and the end all be all. So that when you read those reviews, Mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And a mother had already commented on his WebMD review that he had misdiagnosed a child in the past for having meningitis. So then you're maybe as a mm-hmm. practitioner taking your past mistake and making sure that that never happens again, but then you're not implying that unique scenario to this specific patient. Mm. Right. So he had misdiagnosed another baby. And I, 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 I don't want to, I didn't read the comment, so I don't know what happened to that baby, but he had misdiagnosed. And so I was like, no wonder he's pushing his protocol. Mm. So when I got pulled in with Willow, we really advocated for her. Um, she was released with no charges no conditions. They were threatening some very hefty, um, very hefty criminal charges against her. Uh, our group of women set her up with a lawyer. Um, they integrated, they integrated her for hours without Mm -hmm. representation. She was able to walk out of there with no papers, nothing. So I can understand practically why policies like that are in place because there there are parents that are that that struggle with parenting. So I I can understand practically why those things exist. But Willow's story unfortunately is not unique because when it happened to her and then it happened to another mother in Ontario very recently, the story started pouring in of people saying me too, me too, people that have felt victimized by the healthcare system, bullied, threatened, threatened with things like fines, child and family services, um, a giant spectrum of punishment for not going along with certain health procedures. And my eyes are just blown wide open to what it's actually like going into a hospital these days. Well, a huge spotlight is being shined right now on if you refuse the doctor's suggestion, child and family services are always going to get involved. So that's happened to many cases here in Canada. Um, I was involved with Willows. And then just recently I had a family reach out to me because I kind of am now, (laughs) now that you've been doing these things and helping people with advocacy and, and patient rights and, and parent rights, um, they're coming to you with, with, wanting answers. So I was also involved with this other man and his family and the family from the start advocated and really exercised their rights. And they were asking the doctor, they were so well scripted. I added them into my course. They were like, okay, we need more vitamins and, 
and they, they, they got the doctor to, to flex. He was like, no, I'm only giving a thousand milligrams of vitamin D and that's it. And they were like, please, can we have more? So this, this man was nothing. He can't have anything in his mouth. He had a feeding tube. He was already very vulnerable and they were threatening him to go on a ventilator. And the family said, we do not believe that the ventilator is going to hurt him, help him. We believe the ventilator will harm him. They've mm-hmm. done their research from the, the millions of people, the hundreds of thousands of people that were on ventilators and then deteriorated even more. Mm-hmm. So they were advocating, and this is a big piece of what is lighting me on fire right now. Confidence, research, advocacy, you know, when you go in there and you know what to ask for, if you are ever stuck in that situation, you can really get what you want. This man, like he was back to his care home. He didn't have to go on a ventilator. They were saying he has a bone infection. We, we need all of these steroids and this. And, and he, he walked over there with vitamins and with antibiotics and the more lesser of the interventions than they really wanted to put him on. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's already in a vulnerable state, like he, he had a major brain injury and he's not the healthiest person. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he, he can't, he's in this state where he can't, he can't communicate. He can't tell you what's, what's wrong with him. He can't have oral medication. Wow. But you're right. You have to do, it's funny that we've vilified doing your own research, but you know, from going down natural health remedies for a few years now, um, I realize that it's absolutely necessary to do your own research. We found that even more so the last three years. And I've gotten into many arguments with with doctors over the last few years where they tried to gaslight me. Um, and then I provided the evidence for why I said what I said and why I knew what I knew. And then total silence on the other side. They're like, how do you have this? How do you have- they don't have the time to go in and look at the research data. Mm-hmm right? They're not, they're not doing the data that research that we are doing for ourselves because we feel neglected by the system. We know the system is broken. We know the system is not there to support us. It's there to support insurers and pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's rewind a little bit. What made you want to get into healthcare in the first place? Mm. Um, I had a dream that I was going to save all of the addicts in the world and that I was, (laughs) I was going to be a substance abuse counselor and everybody's addictions were going to go away. And I was going to help change the world. I was going to impact the masses. I think all of us have addiction in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, I came from two parents that probably weren't in the best shape to have children in their early twenties and, you know, the early eighties. Right? So I, I felt that as a child and, um, my mother was really into advocacy after she had healed that part of her. And that's what really drove me forward towards that. Um, here in Vancouver, in British Columbia, we have a major epidemic of mental health and substance abuse and, in my early twenties, that was my calling. Mm. Yeah. And then what did you find when you actually got into the profession? Were you able to facilitate the kind of change that you were looking for? In substance abuse? Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. The success rate is like 2%. Mm-hmm. Not only that was what really pulled me into the hospital side was when the hospitals were turning away patients that were saying point blank, I'm going to jump off a bridge unless you help me because I cannot stop thinking these thoughts Mm -hmm. and to watch the healthcare staff say, there's nothing we can do for you. You are just a user and there's nothing we can do for you. My heart sunk. I was like, what do you mean? There's nothing you can do for this man. Like I'm taking him to you because he's telling me he's going to jump off a bridge. You need to help him. Mm -hmm. And it's like the system just washes their hands daily of people 
because they don't know what to do with that. There's not enough support. So then my calling was, okay, I'm going to go and help in this. I don't know why I think I'm going to save the world all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. so I go into healthcare thinking I'm going to be the one to help. Right. Mm -hmm. That's good. That has genuine integrity. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that healthcare professionals don't have genuine integrity. I believe a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. And I believe that after a certain amount of time, it's just like you do what you have to do in the littlest time that you have. And there are people that are there because it's a means to an end. And there are people there that generally want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I see Jake Meat pushing um, a lot uh, of rhetoric about preserving our healthcare system. And, you know, Canada's always been one to pride themselves on their healthcare system. And I, and I, I personally believe that everyone should have access to healthcare, but I also get really angry when he talks about preserving it because it doesn't really seem to go that well. It doesn't seem like people are getting the tests that they need, uh, their cancer screenings, um, long-term care, right? Like this person that you just talked about, he needed therapy that didn't exist. I mean, I understand really practically why it seems with with that instance of substance abuse, giving people drugs is a really easy fix. There you go. Mm -hmm. Would you say that it's the last three years, like going through the pandemic was that that was obviously the thing that made you leave um, Mm -hmm. this career? What what did you see that made you decide I got to get out of here? I think when you question your your reach and you question your ethics and your integrity of what you're doing and what you're upheld to do as a medical professional, when you start to question that on a daily basis and you start to feel that deteriorating in your soul that you're doing more harm than good, that's definitely my experience. just getting away from, for me, I felt so brainwashed and I don't talk about this often. I think people see me online. Like I'm, you know, I'm one of Carla's lions and I am mama hear me roar because I, I have a voice, but it wasn't like that before. And I had to go through the darkest times to find my voice. And it makes me emotional because I felt super brainwashed and I had to really unpack that. And it took me about a year to unpack it, to Mm -hmm. feel, to feel like I was used and abused. I was called in to help. I was given anything that I wanted. I was given a full-time job with benefits without an interview we just need people please come you're an experienced professional to be kicked to the curb from banging were were people banging pots and pans in Ontario or is that just a BC thing oh yeah they were doing that in Ontario too yeah Yeah. celebrating celebrating our frontline heroes Mm -hmm. you were pregnant during that time too you're putting yourself at at big risk to go and Lend a helping hand. Yeah, people with tears in their eyes. I can't believe you're doing this. Why are you here? Go home. Even my colleagues, why are you here? This job is so dirty. People Mm -hmm. are so sick. But it was the people that were in the most fear that got sick and stayed sick. Hmm. You know? I was working with a client recently who uh, w- was in the middle of Toronto's biggest hospital with a severe health condition. And she said that she was watching the news and the news was saying how extremely overwhelmed the hospital was. Mm-hmm. And she said she got out of bed and she went downstairs and no one was in the hospital at all. I don't doubt the existence of the virus and the pandemic. I know that uh, it went in flows and, and there's just also a lot of lies. There's just also a lot of lies. There's a lot of things to question. Mm-hmm. The thing for me was 
you know, with my relationship, it was like really hard to have one person aware (laughs) and then me at work terrified from, you know, at every level, the administration and, and, and all of the protocols and, and just the scarcity and my husband was like, you need to give your head a shake many times. We would, you know, I don't know if I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's lots of people. I mean, (laughs) look at the divorce rate through the, through the lockdowns, but there's a lot of people that probably weren't on the same page as their partner. And that was me for the first year. Wow. I came home one day and I said, yeah, I think I was, I don't know, maybe five or six months pregnant and my manager, which they're not supposed to do. Of course, we were the first to get the to get the jabs and they come around at lunch and they go, did you get your first shot? Did you get your, did you, this, we're talking about a private medical intervention. Your manager is not allowed to ask you that. And I go, oh, I'm I'm still, I'm five months pregnant. It's not, it's not suggested by the obstetricians association at all. Mm -hmm. I go, well, I'm going to talk to my doctor. She goes, okay. I remember coming home so clearly that night because I was like, I kind of felt bad that I was the only one that wasn't going to line up to roll up their sleeve. And I came home and I said to my husband, do you think I should get it? Like, I haven't talked to my doctor. I don't know if it's recommended for Like, this is the first phase out, the first rollout. And he just looked at me and he goes, we've never had this conversation before. He said, but while my child is in your body, I understand what you do. Can you just do it after the child? Like my child is out of your body. (laughs) And I was like, ding. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Coming from someone who doesn't even take, like I wasn't taking anything while I was pregnant. I was reading food labels and being active and doing everything to being so manipulated that I would need to have an experimental shot while I was five months pregnant. You can't even have herbal teas and certain essential oils when you're pregnant, but this experimental thing, they were like, yeah, go ahead. And I remember saying that to someone, it takes seven to 10 years to actually approve something as safe before they put it into bodies. And I was told, yes, well, this is the most research that they've ever done. And I was told by people that were scientists that um, long-term side effects aren't a thing. It's not actually a thing. So you don't need to study them for, you only need to study them for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And these are people with credentials and I was still like, nah, something doesn't feel right in my body about that. I don't think so. And and thank God. I mean, this, your baby kind of saved your life here. He says okay. that he's like, I don't know where you would be. He said, I don't even know if we would be together because he said, if I can't imagine me feeling like this and me questioning from the get-go and you not questioning and like, what if you were trying to, yeah, we have that conversation and we laugh and I'm telling you, like, I can relate to people feeling manipulated and feeling brainwashed and feeling like just feeling fear. I can relate to that because I was like that. And this whole process of like coming to the other side and then really realizing I need to get back to what's important to me. I need to get back to my roots. And if I'm not going to take these things and put them in my body and I don't trust you, then I'm going to figure it out on my own. Like you really have to be your own healthcare advocate today. Mm -hmm. Question everything. The, and the amount of pressure that you had around you, like I know in our small community, there's very few of us that are awake. So imagine if every single coworker, every single friend, every single person in your community goes along with the thing and they look at you like you're crazy, that takes a lot of uh, resolve and personal self-trust to be able to stand up for that. Yes, 
I, I applaud people that were questioning in the beginning. Of course, we, we were directed to TikTok. We were directed to follow these doctors on TikTok to get our information that we're working on BioNTech and all of these things. Like that was our, you know, roll, pre-roll-up education, pre-roll-out to the vaccine education was like to follow these doctors on TikTok. So it was very manipulated as a, right? Like TikTok, of course, and following a scientist that works at Pfizer, they're, they're good. They're good people. They mean well. I remember someone sending me a podcast from, with a doctor from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Here, listen to this. This will change your mind. Like, you want me to listen to someone, you want me to listen to the salesman tell me why this is, why this is safe? Nah. (laughs) So you've since left, you've seen that the system is broken, you've seen the pressure that people are experiencing. Um, You keep talking about advocacy. What are you creating now to, to help people? So I very much was not planning this. It was for love of the community and the hundreds of messages I was getting a day. How can I help my children in cough, cold, and flu season? What are you doing? I've never seen it. I had nurses reaching out to me saying, I am a nurse and I've never used a nebulizer on my children. What is this? What is this vitamin that you're putting in the nebulizer? And then I just started teaching people online alternatives. And just, I didn't come up with this stuff. This was, you know, many pioneers in medicine have been alternatively treating and preventing disease and illness in, in just with functional medicine. So I'm just sharing what I've learned along the way, my own research from, like I said, my child being diagnosed with bacterial meningitis at five weeks old, he suffered for the first two years of his life. It was sickness after sickness after sickness. And I didn't know any better bronchodilators, steroids. My child was, you know, they believe that he had epilepsy after we gave him bronchodilators. Every single medication has a side effect and comes with another risk, right? So I really put myself through the ringer following along with the protocols and their suggestions. And I had to relearn a holistic approach. I had to learn everything outside of my allopathic education. Mm. So I'm just teaching everybody, the many families that I can, the importance of another way, the new way. We need to shift the paradigm. The system is broken and it's not working for you. Mm. So I built this course and I just, every, everything is all on a digital. You get information in a PDF, you get the transcripts. It's so easy to absorb. It's basically, you're learning how to be your own healthcare advocate. Mm. Um, we go through all of these different, uh, I, we have a homeopath, we have uh fevers, lower respiratory infections, how to get rid of infections. We have a whole protocol, like everything that I've learned through my research, I'm just sharing it with the world. And it's like all of those peer reviewed studies, you don't have to go and search around on the internet when shit hits the fan. You've already got that preparedness basket. You already know that this is what you do when X, Y, and Z happen. So you're already provided all the data. You don't have to go and search for it. Like, I remember when I was learning about homeopathic medicine and I was like, who do I trust? I'm looking on YouTube. I'm looking on Google. I'm looking on different resources. And I'm like, I don't know this person from a hole in the wall. I don't know these studies. I haven't seen these studies. I'm just kind of throwing to see if it works. So really providing people a place where they can trust the information. They can trust the data. Mm. And just have options. I I think the biggest eye opener to me, um, well, there there's many. I shouldn't even say that. But one thing that happened when I got, when I ended up getting COVID, was I was lucky enough to know a, an awake cardiologist. I won't name him. Yeah. Um, and he said, if you get sick, this is what you do. I had a huge 
home protocol because I was scared in the beginning. I was like, oh, crap, here we go. Here's the world's deadliest virus. And I had I had like eight different things to do from throat sprays to certain amounts of nutraceuticals. If it was getting really bad, he had some prescriptions for me. And I was like, that's interesting because everybody else, like the hospital and the regular allopathic doctors uh, gave us nothing, nothing. They wouldn't even tell you. Piss me off the most. Take Tylenol, go home, get sicker, come to emergency. That was not okay in my heart. No, that was not okay. That's what led me to follow all of these functional medicine doctors that are now very censored and I will support them until the day I die. You know, we're both affiliated with the wellness company, Peter McCullough, those doctors, like Dr. Zach Bush, the Brownstein, all of those protocols, they did whatever they knew because they've been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. They've been doing something different for years. So they just, this, that was their test for COVID. But the world's yeah. deadliest virus and no advice about what to do if <laughs> you get it. Only if Dr. Brownstein was literally injecting diluted hydrogen peroxide into people in their cars, putting their wind, their, their hands out the window and people would say, well, that's like bleach. That's so bad for you. Not one death, thousands and thousands of testimonies of how that helped him. So when I put hydrogen peroxide sprays diluted in my nose or gargle it in my mouth or in my nebulizer and people say that is so bad for you i just diluted iodine uh dr peter mccullough talked about it all the time and he said that all viruses live in the nasal cavity and in the throat for a long time before they progress into the body and make you sicker and before we even got on this call i was saying i'm starting to get a cold but i'll be fine i've been using the spray I have not been sick in three years. My kids do when they start getting sick. All right, spray up your nose, spray the back of your throat. It's such a simple thing and we don't get sick anymore. Like even suggesting that. You don't even have to say do this instead of getting this medical intervention that we want you to have. How about also do this, also take vitamin D, also take high doses of vitamin C, but they refuse to tell people anything nope just stay home and hope you don't die that's my it. regular gp still to this day will not admit that vitamin c vitamin d and vitamin a are good for your health <laughs> still to this day they do nothing he said no oh. okay <laughs> fired <laughs> We don't see doctors. There's a lot of people in this world that don't see doctors. Pre-pandemic will not go to a doctor Mm. for obvious reasons. For me, my doctor is there. I use my naturopath. She's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, She does not question anything that I deliver to her because I have the confidence and I have the confidence because I have the research data and I know what I'm asking her for when I go into that appointment. So when my child had bronchitis, I knew I assessed his cough. I could tell by his symptoms. He's got bronchitis. I called the naturopath. I said, he's got bronchitis. This is what I'm doing for his for his lungs. I need a backup plan. So my backup plan, because I never want to go to a hospital is to get the steroid for my nebulizer, because yes, I will not use a neb- the, the steroid, unless I absolutely have to have those. I just did a whole module and I was lit right up about it. Getting prepared for your prescription medications. If something happened tomorrow, you have a trial on an inhaler. Do you have a backup one? Do you have a little stockpile of insulin if you need it? Mm -hmm. If shit hits the fan and like all of a sudden we have, oh geez, what would be the worst apocalyptic, um, we have no internet. We have no phone. We have no way to communicate with each other. Your medications are expiring. What are you going to do? How are you going to get a hold of your of your prescription medications that are essential for like these are life or death? Mm-hmm. Do you have a stockpile of those? Mm-hmm. Most people don't have a plan. So it's really, really 
really getting that confidence of, I know what I need. I know what I need when I know when it's a distress. And when I do have to go to the hospital, I know how to advocate and I know what to ask for. We need to stop outsourcing all knowledge to people that have letters beside their names. One thing that people really didn't realize in the last three years was that there are protocols, what you're allowed to talk about, what you're not allowed to talk about. Because I remember having this conversation with my doctor and saying, look, I know you're really educated. I know that you want the best for me, but I can't take this advice because I know you're under tremendous pressure to say, I have to get the thing. And he said, that's not true. I'm not under any That is absolutely true. They were all given a letter, a threatening letter that they needed to go along with the narrative. And I showed him the letter. I said, for you. I said, here it is. I have it printed from the Ontario of uh, Physicians and Surgeons saying, if you so much as recommend vitamin D, they'll take your license. And I know you like your job. So maybe you do believe inside and out that this is a good choice. But because of this letter, I will never, I can't trust this advice. And unfortunately, that same pressure was on naturopaths and natural health practitioners as well because i remember having an appointment with my naturopath and i i wanted to know about a detox protocol for spike and i said before i even start i'm not going to ask you whether or not i should get vaccinated because i know that you're not allowed to talk about it so know that i already know it's not good for me so you don't have to tell me that know <laughs> I just, that i already know you're not giving me informed consent <laughs> yep I just want, I just want the protocol. If, uh, if it gets in my body or if I get sick, how do I detox? Like I give you permission not to have to have that conversation with me. And people have no idea that there are protocols and rules and that people's licenses were threatened, which is why like, that's a bold move to argue with a doctor or a surgeon. This is why you gotta know, you gotta do your research, especially with kids. Like with people coming to you right now, what's the number one? Is there a number one thing that people are concerned about? I, I assume it's with there children. Is. So the number one thing right now is families and being prepared. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us in this community, did you see the other day when I had posted about Justin Trudeau ram- rambling on about how proud he was that it only took three weeks to get these provinces to agree to this new healthcare, like, uh, bill or whatever he's doing, which is basically going to introduce digital ID. Mm. Uh, so I put up a question box and I said, what do you think, what is this concern? What are you most concerned about? Um, and it was like, what if I need medical care and I'm not medically intervene, like they're not vaccinated, let's say you can't enter the hospital or you don't have to pay. You don't get free healthcare. You need to, even right now, if you need to try to access labs, it's all digital ID here in BC. It's mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to get your laboratory results or go to a lab and get your blood work in, re- in return without having digital ID. There, there's another system that you can email it but it also shares your information with the United States. So are we protected? Do we have a choice in that? No. If I go and get blood work, how am I going to get the results of my blood work? I was thinking about this a ton this morning. There's a lot of people that had to go and get vaccinated for their jobs. And there are people on team awake and there are people on team sleepy And they're all, with the new evidence that's coming out, people are disconnected from the conversation. They're like, well, I'm not even gonna pay attention to that because I already did it. So I don't really wanna know. And that is so dangerous because what people think it's over. They think they can disconnect from the conversation because it's over. Every single person should be outraged right now because it's going to happen again. This is what we need to be, ranting and raving and screaming about you were mandated to put something in your body that's harmful provenly harmful now there's going to be warnings all over this episode it's hurting people in mass amounts 
So that's going to happen again. You will be mandated to put something in your body that might harm you. It's going to happen again. Well, the more, and this is what people said from the beginning, the more you say yes and comply, the more of a deeper hole you've already dug for yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? So whether you're on team sleepy or team awake, it doesn't matter. It's going to affect us all. It's coming down the pipeline. It's not a conspiracy. It is what it is. They want to change the medical system. They want everybody on, on digital ID. You may not have access to, to medical care unless you have this digital ID or unless you have this certificate. That, that, that should not be okay for anybody. Yep. Because that gives them the opportunity to cut you off. And if you're that person that says, I'm not bad, I follow the rules. What if it changes? What if those rules, what if when it comes your time and it's like you're up to your 18th dose and you're chronically ill, you can't get out of bed. Most people that have two are suffering. Mm -hmm. And most people know what it's from. Yep. And I'm not saying that that is or that isn't. I'm saying most people tell me their biggest concern so I have, I help families with alternative solutions, not get entangled in the medical care system. And then I have many people coming to me saying, I am so sick, please help me with an alternative solution. I am run deep with inflammation. The doctors just keep giving me steroids. They are temporary band-aids. They are not solutions. Mm -hmm. And I try and help. I, I help women. I help families. They want to get optimally healthy mm -hmm. so that they don't have to become reliant on pharmaceuticals and on this system. They want to be free. Even just you are sick, you are not free. Yep. Need somebody. Yep. Yeah. Even being able to bring new knowledge to the table when you are talking with your doctor or surgeon, Hey, I hear that I could also be doing X, Y, Z. Can we explore that? Um, cause if you don't know, then you're just going to have to go along with whatever solution they provide to you. And, and maybe their solution is better, but <laughs> if you don't have any alternatives for them, like you'll be backed into a corner every single time. Yeah. And that corner just looks like chronic health conditions. Mm. The, the amount of chronic health conditions that people have, have now here. And I'm not talking about globally. I'm talking about just in Canada, like yeah. one in three people ages 18 to 79 have, have a health condition are on a medication, at least one medication. Mm. So be your own nurse is my, is my course. And it's just to help people, you know, learn another way, learn another solution. Mm. Maybe you, maybe you're afraid of homeopathic medication because you don't know anything about it and you don't know what works or maybe what, what you've tried in the past doesn't work for you because you weren't working on your, your correct ailment. Yeah. Right. Or maybe this nebulizing hydrogen peroxide stuff freaks you out. And you're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. I liked it when you talked about it as preparedness too, because I've been doing a lot of prepping. I've been printing off essential documents. I've been building up food security. I've been focused on financial freedom systems. And this is another layer. I have a super cool apothecary in my back room now. I have all the things I have tinctures and homeo uh, homeopathics, but this is like the next step equipment, um, diagnosing at home. Do I need to go to a hospital yet? Right? Like it's another layer to preparedness and right. What if there was a blackout? What if you didn't have access to the internet? What if Google wasn't there? Um, the documents that you're providing, you can print them off and have them ready and have these tools and know how to use them. Um, there's just, tremendous value in that for families, especially because you want to keep your baby safe. Mm -hmm. The medical system is not set up for children. Hmm. It's not set up for our future generation. 
what gives you hope right now? Oh my goodness. That is such a loaded question. There's so much that gives me hope. I'm so grateful for people just keep on fighting the fight. I'm so grateful that more people are coming together instead of being divided. Like nothing in history was ever solved by people being divided. Mm -hmm. And really big movements that have happened have only come when people get together mm -hmm. for love, for each other, for our next generation. That's what gives me hope. Strengthening my children. Finding new ways, new paradigm shifts and it not being unpopular. It's popular now. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And just really cultivating community of badass women in mm. my life. Like I would not, I would, I don't even know. I don't know where I would be. Same. God love you guys. <laughs> and it's, it's like, we are all together trying to shape our future. Mm -hmm. People are creating businesses. People are helping in different ways. Like there's so much going on. There's networks to be found in everywhere that we, every corner, even in the province I live in, there's, awake healthcare prof professionals and they're creating their own healthcare system. Mm -hmm. There's so much to be said about that. Right. Yeah. People aren't giving up. They're not giving up. They, they see solutions and that's where I'm at now. Um, I'm not in the doom and gloom and the fear. I like to be present in reality. I like to stay updated in reality, but my attention is on solutions and every little step that I can take to detach from any system or honestly any need like even working with you even I was taking melatonin every single night to go to sleep and I was doing that for years it was just something that I did and I wouldn't stay over at someone else's house if I didn't have it like that was a need that was a dependency even like getting off of that I was like oh I can just go to sleep now I don't need that. My next thing, caffeine, working on it, um, not needing caffeine, not saying it needs to exit my space forever, but not needing that, not needing a pharmaceutical, not needing to go to the hospital, not needing a regular nine to five J-O-B, making my own, not needing the grocery store. Like that's fucking empowering. I don't need things. I can make it myself. It's radical responsibility for your health. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that I think we all need to step into. Not reading the food labels, going to the grocery store, just eating at a convenience, like not moving your body, not being present, going through the motions, just being on auto. That's not to your roots. That's not how we we're supposed to survive. Hmm. We weren't created to be on auto. We were created to be on purpose mm -hmm. and present. And if you're not taking radical responsibility for your health, how can you be present? No. Most people don't even know how they feel. They feel like crap. Guys, feeling like crap every day is not normal. No. Waking up without pain, being able to use the washroom with ease, going through your day without hitting a wall. That is healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Most people have no idea how sick they are. They think it's normal. It's not normal at all. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so much more work, right? Like if we think of our mental health afflictions or losing weight or inflammation, we're like, where's the pill to fix that? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's not a time and purpose for pills, but most of the time it's that you actually have to change your life and it's harder and you actually have to own something you actually have to do things differently but that's actually the only way to address your concerns is actually the only way to quote fix things you have to change your life it's so much harder than a pill working in my old profession i you know so many people don't understand that your brain is in your gut 
Mm. Heal your gut, heal your brain, get off the Prozac. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's that simple for everybody, but I've seen miraculous improvements through people that just improved their guts mm. and took that step. Well, my friend, I'm grateful for your time here. Um, where can people find you? Where can they find your course? Uh, you can find me on my jam on Instagram. I am Crystal Kara. Uh, you can find me on my website, crystalcara.com. Um, yeah, you can reach out to me, book a call with me. You can get into the course just by clicking on the link. I'm sure, yeah, Carla, you'll share all that information. Mm -hmm. Just really a powerful education resource and community. Okay. Yeah, I'll make sure everybody to put that in the show notes. Also today, I'm going to get this podcast up for all of you really, really quickly. It's March 1st today. Um, there is a setup for sovereignty bundle that is released today. It's only available for 10 days. So I'm going to get this up right away and you get the opportunity to join all sorts of communities, masterclasses, courses, which include Crystal's Bureau Nurse course, uh, my, my sovereign community, there's Sarah Swain's Monetize Your Mind, there's courses on foraging, homeopathy, canning, there's over $1,300 worth of um, independence, <laughs> independent systems, and it's only $97. So if you're looking for a community, if you want solutions, if you want to feel empowered, I'm going to link that in the show notes too, because um, Now's the time to take responsibility and, and move ourselves forward. So in, you're going to get, uh, if you sign up for that Carla's code, you'd get my course for four weeks. In the four weeks, we've got really powerful modules from what to do with a fever, got to uh, nebulizing. There's a lot of information in just four weeks. Um, and Carla, your community, uh, you've given away some free, a lot of free value there. Thank you, my friend. We'll have to have you back the next health debacle, <laughs> bring you on and hear your opinions, but super grateful for your friendship and, and your time here today. And I'll make Thank sure. Thank you, sister. Speak soon. Thank you, guys. Bye. Wow, guys, what an episode. If you like what we're doing over here on Sensemaking, please consider giving us a follow and sharing this episode with your friends. If you know someone especially that has maybe a young family at home and wants to know how to empower their health at home, definitely share this episode with them. Uh, link them up with Crystal and her Be Your Own Nurse community. Guys, there's so many solutions right now. Personally, that's what all my attention is on. Where are the solutions I side-eye the world like everybody else. I don't obsess about it. I side-eye it. Most of my attention is on solutions and forward momentum. This is one of those things. I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for sending me your comments, for sharing the episodes um, to your social media channels. It, it means so much to me. It really helps us get ahead. Um... I just love you guys. So thanks again. If you have any comments about this podcast, shoot me a message on Instagram, Carla Joy Treadway, and I'll see you guys for the next episode of Sensemaking.